0: Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit CRNAFinancialPlanning.com. Beyond the Mask is also sponsored by CRNAEducation.com. CRNAs, you can get the CE credits you need by just going to CRNAEducation.com. They have over 100 AANA prior approved credits all four core CPC modules, and even over 40 pharmacology credits. No subscriptions. It's all online and mobile-friendly. Just go to crnaeducation.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out our CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses, with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7.
1: Sharon, back at Seattle.
2: I've never laughed worth you (laughs) being.
1: I just got back in last night, so.
2: Loving this weather.
1: Oh, yeah. The weather's great. You uh, see the Seahawks and Dallas Cowboys game last night?
2: No. I went what? to the past president's dinner last night so that we could oh. welcome Angie Munn to the Diamond Club.
1: Oh, oh very nice.
2: Yeah, and normally yes. the president before them makes their introductions to the Diamond Club, but Dina was not here, so Sandy Introduced. It's like introducing oh. to the court. You know, yeah. when lawyers yeah. um, pass the bar, they've got to be introduced to the court mm-hmm. by somebody. And so you've got to be introduced to the diamonds. And so uh-huh. Sandy introduced Angie to the diamonds Very cool. last night. It's really kind of cool. Yeah. It's really kind of
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. And well deserved.
2: Yes. Absolutely. It's so nice to have can't her wait to have club. her
1: on and get her to talk about her year.
2: I uh, know. Well, we got to give her some downtime, <laughs> and then we'll put her in the Courage to Lead series. you got to have some time to yeah, kind of get Yeah, to you get away press, from yeah. it just a little bit, and then look back. You know, I still haven't done the Courage to
1: Lead series. No, you haven't. Mm.
2: Who's going to interview I you?
1: don't know. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I guess it'll be me, but I'll have to have some help with that. One,
2: so. <laughs> I <laughs> am going to have to maybe do Maybe it'll
1: be, it. be me and Pierce. Maybe I'll get Pierce. Uh,
2: I am, that might not be a bad idea. Or Tracy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, yeah. Pierce can tell me, you know, how you really were oh, during your presidency. he'll tell you,
2: all right. He'll <laughs> tell you, all right.
1: Uh, well, another great show lined up with a wonderful guest oh, in house with us today. Oh, yes. Why we don't you introduce our guest?
2: Ah, uh, yes. This is Dr. Erin Foley from Maine. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know her just within the last couple of years. I, I think yeah. we knew each other in passing acquaintances, I knew your name, I knew your face. I would say hello, but we've spent some significant time together
3: in foreign countries. In the last year, I mean, I always knew who you were because you were up on that stage and uh, had the pleasure of getting to get to really know you uh, in the last year, year and a half uh, with traveling and spending some time overseas and, you know, eating a lot of steak in Florence. Yes, we did. Not
1: a bad place to eat steak, by the way. One of the it best steaks I've ever had was in Florence. Oh my gosh! Yep, my Same mouth starts salivating <laughs> thinking about
2: mm-hmm. that. I um, know. I'm a carnivore. I'll admit <laughs> it. Oh,
1: okay. So why my
2: triglycerides are 500.
1: Oh, at least they're not a thousand. I mean, you got to look at the positives. Yeah, bad, I know, right? right? So yeah. Um, I? Right. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, given that, this is an important topic for us. Tell us a little bit more about you, doctor. Aaron Foley.
3: So I'm Dr. Aaron Foley. I am currently in the state of Maine. I have uh, lived there for the last 13 years and that's where I started my CRNA career after graduating from school down in Florida. Um, I've served on the state level for, you know, just like everyone else who gets involved in state leadership, we take all the roles. Um, I do all the social media communications stuff for the state and I've served in the presidential role and a lot of the board roles. And in the last couple of years, I've had the opportunity to kind of get involved more in the ANA and I'm currently, we'll say for the next 24 hours, I am the chair of the um, ANA leadership identification Mm -hmm. committee. We're Mm -hmm. responsible for identifying our leaders and trying to convince them to run for the board Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. elected committees. Um, And that's been great because it really has enabled me to get to meet a lot of our phenomenal leaders that Mm -hmm. we have in this association.
1: Yeah. And John is sitting he up in Maine.
3: He's in Portland, Portland. yeah. 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 Okay. I worked with him for a few years. Um, I have actually left W two life and oh, wow. I am oh, a very happy ten ninety nine <laughs> You know, I feel
1: like we've had some you know, there's some pull in all these people going ten ninety nine with all the stuff we've done. I mean it the is
3: drastically helpful and yeah. I tell everybody to listen to these podcasts Great. because it's opened my eyes to a lot of things and even once I started doing it I didn't really know what I was getting into because that wasn't something we were never taught I mean I can put you to sleep and wake you up but (laughs) balancing my checkbook maybe you know
2: well there's more to come on that we've got a big surprise coming out in the fall
3: yep
2: um that might be Mm-hmm. interested in hearing about. Yeah. Once we stop taping, we'll tell you the oh, real yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over
1: a cocktail? <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Well, we've got to speak at 3.15 <laughs> yeah. today. So just one. <laughs> and Sharon doesn't podcast. want
1: me to have a cocktail before <laughs> <laughs> we speak.
2: No, no that, I will right. have to I, I, I put rocks in his pocket because um, he'll be
3: manic. <laughs> yeah.
1: So
2: we got to keep him slowed down. So, Aaron tell us about your topic today
3: so my topic I'm uh, actually speaking here at the ANA Congress to, on uh, Tuesday as the closing speaker and my topic is called Captain we have a problem medical emergencies at 30,000 feet mm. and it was one of those things that just came about organically as Sharon mentioned that we had spent some time in Europe last year we actually um, I had the opportunity to go to the IFNA conference mm-hmm. in Croatia. Big shout out to IFNA. If anyone ever has mm-hmm. the opportunity to go, make sure you go. Australia is coming up. Put Australia 2026 on your calendar. Um, an amazing experience. But on the way over there, I had actually had to respond to a medical emergency. And what happened was that I, you know, gotten on the plane and this airline actually, um, asks you if you're a medical professional and if oh. on the course of the flight, if anything was hap- would to happen, would you be willing to help? And I ticked my little box, dutiful little nurse, and I said, yes, I'm, you know, fingers crossed I won't have to, but yeah. obviously. Yeah. And um, a couple hours into the flight, I had actually just laid down, gone to sleep, and a very scared flight attendant woke me up. He goes, Dr. Foley, Dr. Foley, we have a medical emergency. Can you please come help us? And, oh. you know, I kind of rose out of my over-Atlantic slumber very confused and was like um what and he we have an emergency we need you to help and I was like okay let me um let me find some shoes (laughs) (laughs) and I got up and he was like running towards the back of the plane and I just kind of kept following him and we just kept going farther and farther and farther back towards the plane and finally got into an area where there were some lights on because you know on those international flights they make it nice and dark so you can sleep and there was a woman and you know medical emergencies and I have a um, off topic I have a sister-in-law who is a flight attendant so I actually asked her a bunch of questions about that and we joke that all the medical emergencies happen in two places it's mm-hmm. either the bathroom mm-hmm. or the middle seat like both places you can't get to anyone <laughs> so here's this woman in the middle seat she is slumped down she's pale she's diaphoretic oh my and in my brain I'm like oh we won't use those words but (laughs) the words were coming and i was like she's having a heart attack yeah and i get up there and this was um right at the end of all the covid restrictions so it was one of the last flights that you actually had to still wear a mask on so everybody's masked i'm trying to communicate with her it's loud on you know sure on a plane it's loud right she's you know clearly having distress and she mentions to me that she knows um, she had already asked the flight attendants for oxygen and I said, Well, where is it? And he said, It's coming, it's coming. I said, Okay. And she had mentioned that she had a history of altitude sickness. Hmm. Okay. And, you know me, I'm a bit of a smart ass. And I go, no. Well, ma'am, we are <laughs> on a pressurized airplane. I don't understand why you're talking about altitude sickness right now. Right. <laughs> and she's like, No, my doctor told me about it and she goes, Oh, he gave me a pill. And I took it and I said, Well, what pill was it? Was it Diamox? Was it dexamethasone? Yeah. Like she's like, Oh, I don't know And I'm like, Okay, well do you have your Um, bottle, bottle, like a prescription. She's like, no, I just brought the two I would need. Oh, I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) So I have no idea. She's like, I did take my blood pressure medicine. I was like, all right, have you had any alcohol? Have you drank enough water? I'm trying to like, you know. So the oxygen finally comes, we get it on her face and I'm still trying to determine some historical information. During that time, the purser comes back to me because he was sent back by the pilot and he's like, we need an update. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just still assessing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, do we need to divert this plane? And I was like, like I'm making that decision? <laughs> are you sure about this? And, and he's
2: thinking, well, she's a smart ass. Surely showed right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He surely wasn't thinking, well, she's really smart. <laughs> so I, I asked him, I was like, well, where are we? You know, I arose, mm-hmm. had no idea. And he's like, well, we're, we're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And I was like, oh.
1: Jeez. Okay. I was like, well,
3: where would we divert? Like, and he's like, well, it's ours any direction we go.
1: Oh, my god! And I
3: said, well, in that instance, I'm going to take 15 minutes to complete this assessment, see where we are, see if anything gets better. And then at that point, I'll give you an update and let you know if I feel like we need to divert course. And he's like, that sounds like a great idea. He runs back <laughs> up to the pilot. Um, In that time, you know, I started to give, you know, I put the oxygen on or administered it and um, the flight attendants are trying to help. They have a little piece of paper and they're taking some notes for me, um, Mm -hmm. filling out some information. And I, one of them actually hands me a stethoscope and he's like, do you need this? And I look at it and those of us who work in the hospital know, like you have your stethoscope or you have the one that they give you when the patient's on (laughs) precautions. And it's like a slightly better version of the one I had in my medical kit as a child, the sure. Fisher-Price one. <laughs> I kind of look at it. I know
2: exactly what you're talking about. <laughs>
3: and I kind of look at it and I just take it and like fling it over my shoulder. I was like, oh, that's not going to help because you can't hear in that in a dead silent room, let alone yeah. on, you know, an airplane, airplane. 40,000 feet above air. And so I find a blood pressure cuff and we get a blood pressure cuff and I'm like, you know what I really need? I need a sat probe. I'm like, there's gotta be one. And they bring me this beautiful kit and it's all labeled in like sections and I'm like, okay, diagnostics. And I rip open the diagnostics and I'm looking and I'm like, I mean, there's gotta be a sat probe on this thing. Okay. And I'm like, well, what is this doing here? And I reach down and I pick up a stool sample cup. No we all, <laughs> kidding. And in my mind, you know, smart ass Aaron, I'm like, oh yeah, in case we need a stat one of these. And <laughs> That's I, for you because in case right? you got to use the bathroom because you're scared to death. So I give it a little shake and I'm like, like unintentionally. And, I'm like, and I was like, oh, there's something in it. Oh, and I God. open it. You are kidding and it me. Is, that is where they're keeping the little finger probe the sat probe. Up. So I'm like, oh, beautiful. Wow. Well, this is actually useful. Everyone yeah. look for the stool sample cup, just a little like, oh <laughs> tidbit. My goodness. Oh. So I, you know, we put the oxygen probe on her. Her sats are starting to come up. Her blood pressure is improving just with the oxygen. So we talk for a little while. I'm seeing improvement in her. I'm feeling better. And at one point I'm like, well, let's try you off the oxygen. Let's see if you've acclimated. And I take the oxygen off her. And within three heartbeats, her sats are back in the eighties. And I was like, well, we're gonna keep the oxygen on. So my friendly purser comes back up and he's like, okay, what's going on, you know? Do we have to divert? And I'm like, well, I got a question for you. And I, they have the small oxygen canisters and I had calculated out we would have about 45 minutes of oxygen at the flow I was running her on. And I said, well, how much oxygen do we have? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, how many of these tanks? And like, you know, cause we're probably six hours still from our destination. And he's like, we have a room full of oxygen. I was like, so you have more than seven of these tanks. He's like, a room full, Dr. Foley. And I was like, we're going to Germany. You just tell that pilot to keep flying. (laughs) So we continue on. Um, She had, you know, kind of recovered as we started to come back down and pressurization started getting better. And she ended up, you know, doing fine coming off the oxygen. And I had gone back to see her towards the end of the flight as we were getting ready just to, you know, put eyes on her. Um, again, just to make sure, and she was looking normal, having a conversation, feeling better. Um, and then the purser had to inform her that she would not be making her connecting flight um, because she would be requiring a medical evaluation and they probably wouldn't let her on another flight for right. the next few days. And I was like, well, that's up to you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I've made all these other decisions. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, wow. you know, one of the best parts of it was that the fl- flight crew was so appreciative. Because they were scared. They were really yeah. scared. And if nobody responds to these things and somebody, you know, there is, um, they have ground based contact, so you can communicate with a um, ground based medical staff if there's no one on the plane or even per- people on the plane who might just want some extra information. But then you're playing like this giant game of telephone between right. the pilot, the purser, and then the person yeah. providing. But they're scared, so they were so appreciative that, you know, I had stepped up and said I would be there. And they were actually telling me how, you know, especially on these really long trans-ocean flights, how they always feel better if they know somebody's on the plane, um, as opposed to just being hoping that somebody responds well, when they do the overhead well, what call. what
2: airline was it that had you checked that? I've, I've, I've never heard. That, yeah, I've, I've never, had that happen to me before, but I can't remember yeah, the airline.
3: That was Lufthansa. Oh well, that makes sense. The German sense. airline. And I had never seen it before either, but I have also just started traveling as Dr. Aaron Foley. You know, we didn't always use our titles.
1: Oh, yeah. And now
3: I've kind of started being <clears throat> like, I should do this. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: it's kind of, it's an interesting story, not anything to that nature, but when we went to Australia. My oldest daughter and youngest daughter sat beside of each other. And I never sleep on a plane, so I'm sitting behind them. And all of a sudden, I saw my wife. It's like in the middle of the night, everybody was asleep. She's over the top of the seat i'm like what is going on well holland my youngest daughter had thrown up all over lauren (laughs) i mean projectile vomited you know and we're like holy crap you know she's like here take this we're trying to (laughs) clean it up and there's a man sitting right here and we feel i felt really bad Mm -hmm. i was like i gotta wake him up i'm like i'm so sorry sir my daughter threw up he goes oh no problem he goes i'm a physician in the u.s army Oh, and he wow. goes, no. he goes, if you need anything, any help, let me know. He said, in fact, I have Zofran in my bag up here. Sweet. If you'd like some. <laughs> and Sarah goes, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's Jemaine just crazy. Did you mainline it
2: on her or did you just give her an IV Oh, you that kind, kind of so No, I, can't. I, can't. I carry yeah, IV Zofran with
3: yeah. me. I use IV Zofran, but I uh, drink it in ginger ale and it works the yeah, same. Yeah, it does. Yep. It
2: does. And mm-hmm. how But I got to put it, it
3: in, in the ginger ale to kill the cut taste. Yeah, yeah. But.
2: It's awful. Yep. Uh, we gave that to my mother. Zofran had just come out. Mm-hmm. It was not available in pill form when my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we I would use the bottles of it and we would mix it in the cherry syrup pharmacy yeah. cherry yeah. syrup i would get from the pharmacy where i worked at yeah. because the pills had not been approved they had been stockpiled and were sitting in a warehouse yeah. but the fda had not approved them. <laughs> so that's how I, that's how i know that it works like that but i huh. still carry everything with me to mainline it or give an yeah. im injection yeah. huh. i've kept danielle out of dka with that
0: Hey, CRNAs, it's time to simplify your continuing education. Welcome to CRNAeducation.com, your trusted provider for CPC core modules and a plethora of Class A CE credits. You can explore 43 detailed articles covering various anesthesia topics, all from your favorite device, anytime, anywhere. And with over 40 pharmacology CE credits, meet your state board requirements effortlessly. Whether you need a few credits or everything to recertify, we have what you need. Just complete your credits online without any subscriptions or recurring charges. You can trust in our 100% CRNA-owned platform, established in 2011, ensuring you receive the best in customer service and educational content. Ready to learn? Go to crnaeducation.com making continuing education easy and accessible. And don't forget that support is always a quick email or a text or phone call away. To sign up and learn more, just go to crnaeducation.com.
2: Yeah so I'm sure you've done some research on this since it happened to you personally I'm yeah. sure so why don't you tell us a little bit about the instance of it I'm sure you know all this now. I do. Well, Dr. Avery
3: Foley <laughs> So as the you know pediment nerd that I am we actually you know I got off the plane and we were all hanging out in Croatia and I'm telling the story and people are you know we're all kind of talking mm-hmm. about it in yeah. the bar and nobody ever was like you know We don't really hear about it you don't talk about it and I was like okay so I went home after a couple more flights around (laughs) around the world and I get home and I'm like you know this altitude sickness thing is really bugging me so I start kind of googling it and find out that altitude sickness is actually pretty common on Mm -hmm. flights um, because even in a
2: pressurized
3: pressurized airplane because they actually only pressurize those planes somewhere between 5,000 to 8,000 feet and which is pretty high and especially on those transatlantic big ones, they go much Higher closer up, to the 8,000 yeah. because they don't want to put the stress on the plane and the wow. the nuts and bolts and keep the planes flying as long as possible. So it, you know, it's about, um, they'd say that actually 25% of people at 8,000 feet experience some form of altitude sickness, whether it's just the headache or the, wow. you know, dizziness. Wow. Um, Do they have like a, a sinkable? And the reason
2: why I ask is because the Fab Four went to Ireland, I'm sitting beside of Tracy on the plane, and something happened to her. <laughs> and I had to get ice for her. I mean, yep. she she kind of had a single pole yep.
3: episode. It was a and little it, startling. And it is. And a lot of people can be treated simply for the altitude sickness alone. Um, you know, a little Tylenol, oxygen is obviously the best treatment if you um, are getting that. Uh, yeah, we had put ice on the back of that woman's mm-hmm. neck as well to try and cool her and make her feel more comfortable. But they actually talk that um, overall for all types of um, in-flight medical emergencies, it's about one in 600 flights. Wow. And that many take off in, in 30 seconds yep. from O'Hare. Yeah. So, you know, and some of them are mild or medium. You know, they talk about, um, you know, health care issues such as heart attacks nausea GI is actually the most common mm-hmm. um, event that they deal with and um, they tell
2: you you should not drink
3: bubbles carbonated and
2: I've paid attention really? mm-hmm. and I
3: will I, oh, and I' I've, tr-
2: I've done my own self-study yep. you know I'll drink a carbonated drink and I mean, your belly is just oh.
3: messed up, so, so it expands yeah. because of the pressure changes, the mm-hmm. volume in your right. gut. So that's why people who, like, you get on if you have a sinus um, headache mm-hmm. or sinus infection, it's worse really. those closed spaces, the ears, um, and the, you know, the gut is really. Ex- mm-hmm. You feel that because of the pressure changes, and it's everything is oh. expanding in those spaces, wow. and you know, so it, it is those type of things. Uh, minor, you know, least is uh, cardiac events. And then they talk about about 25% of all the events that happen on the planes require um, follow-up care on land. Well, 25% 25% So,
2: well,
3: well, well. and a lot of it is, you know, people who are supposed to get on another plane, the planes are not going to take that risk sure. of
1: letting them on a plane, I so agree. they need them to be <laughs> is this, you know, fully checked out. Does before. expansion have anything to do with the reason people want to join the Mile High Club? <laughs> <laughs> just, not
2: that
3: expansion.
2: Oh,
1: okay. I'm just wondering. You know, so. um,
3: I did not
2: find that
1: in my research, Jeremy, but you
3: know, there's probably be still more to, to research, here, you know, there's but, more to do. There's more to do. (laughs) There you go.
2: Next time we see you getting off the plane smiling, we'll understand what's been going on and send in the hazmat for the Uh. toilet.
1: (laughs) All right, so I'm going to
2: ask you another question. What kind of equipment did they have on there? So that's, uh,
3: beside the stool specimen yeah, cup and the, the <laughs> oxygen, most important, look for that stool specimen oh. cup. Um, so you know, in this, uh, I started you know finding out a lot of stuff, and every country has different regulations. Mm. So depending on the um, airline origin country, mm-hmm. um, there's different. So the a, uh, FAA, which controls the American um, airlines, they do have a pretty extensive list of things. Um, But some of the things that, you know, there's um, antihistamines and some non-narcotic pain medication. There is epinephrine, but it is a vial of epinephrine. Oh, snap. So there are not EpiPens routinely on every plane, so you do actually have to know the dose of epinephrine. Um, Tell so, us that. <laughs> well, you know, anywhere from 0. 0.3 to 1, depending on <laughs> how you're treating. But, you know, the most average people probably, you know, and even our healthcare providers might not know that. Right. And uh, there's usually a blood pressure cuff, a sap probe. There should be a, a stethoscope, although probably useless. Um, <laughs> there's usually gauze and bandage tire that's involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. Basic first aid kind of things. Um, some of the airlines actually make you prove who you are as a healthcare care provider before they'll let you have right. access to the medical kit because there are things in there sure. that you don't want the general right. public um, having access to. And then a few of them have updated kits or additional, like an AED. Um, some have cord clamps in case of obstetrical emergencies.
2: Oh, I never thought about yeah. that. Right?
3: Yeah, mm. there's people who deliver way up there. And some of that mm. pressure changes actually changes, you know, the onset of labor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those things are tourniquets in case of emergencies, burn cream, things like that are some of the additional things that you might find in there. But then you go to other countries or you're flying on a foreign airline, you're not really quite sure
1: in um, what might be in there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would never think about this mm-hmm. stuff. Well... I would say, you know, show me your checkbook and let me see your financial statement. You know, <laughs> yeah. and let me see if you're okay, right? You know, I, a, I would never look in the poop cup for right you know, well, some I sort know. of probe. I mean, thank I just wouldn't do that. God, Aaron is thorough. You know, That's what we're hearing here. So. so, what other emergencies, like I mean, do you hear about a lot in air? Are there other things so they have
3: those, um, you know, we talked about the GI, the right, cardiac, right. respiratory issues. But then you actually might end up dealing with, they talk about the injury type things. Hmm. Turbulence
0: on uh-huh. airlines and yeah. people
3: experience sure. some problems. Luggage falling, especially after turbulence where people don't realize how turbulent it was. They open up those lug- luggage compartments
0: yeah. and down comes falling your suitcase.
3: Yep. Um, scalds and burns from the hot liquids. Ah, that's right. That's true. And then one of the other things that they talk about is actually injuries as a result of fights and we've seen that on the airlines, um, you know, on social media and in the news outlets that there have been some, you know, not nice people flying
1: Mm. and
3: sometimes their behavior leads to injuries of themselves or other people or even of our uh, flight crew that we might have to help out with.
1: Wow, interesting. So what makes CRNAs kind of Suited to helping in these medical in flight emergencies. So,
3: you know, that was one of the things that I looked back to, and I was like, you know, depending on what your specialty is as a healthcare provider, what are your skills and how can you help in some of these situations? And knowing your capabilities, and us as CRNAs, where we are airway Mm -hmm. um, experts, we're IV experts. There's also (laughs) IV, I forgot to mention, IV and fluids um, are usually included. You know and we have a generalized knowledge of both pharmacology and physiology and all of our comorbidities and those kind of things come into play and you know we also deal with emergencies quite Uh regularly we prefer not to (laughs) you know but we we are always prepared to deal with that and Uh in those environments we're you know one of the ideal candidates of somebody to stand up and say hey i can help and you know depending on who else might come everybody's got a special skill set and you do what you're best at, right? To whatever, just like in the OR, you do what you're best at to help get that patient through it. And it would be the same up on the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody takes a role that they are comfortable and capable of. So does the Good Samaritan role uh, work? Uh, yeah. 40,000 feet? So um, it depends on what country the airline is, technically. Um, there Most of the countries um, identify with the Good Samaritan law. It actually came out of like The warsaw convention and the tokyo convention and um back as far back as like 1929 they started this and a lot of what they were talking about is with airline travel was what if something happens and who's responsible and who's liable financially right so there's a limitation of how much you can sue airlines for and things like that but they actually put in there that if in the course of a flight there's a medical emergency that if somebody is doing just like on the ground, Good Samaritan, you are doing your best to help someone that Mm -hmm. you, you know, cannot be they can't come back and sue you. There is a, a clause in that though, that if you ask for reimbursement, like so say you volunteer to help with a medical emergency and then you say, well, you know, what are you going to give me, some, like, miles? You're going to give me a free flight? Uh, you're going yeah. to upgrade me to first class? Then you're asking for compensation, um, which takes that away. It's oh, a liability.
2: that's that, that, it. So that
3: changes your liability. Now, if they come up to you and say, you know, Dr. Pierce, we really really it for what you did. Here's a first class voucher for your next flight. You're going to say, well, heck yeah. Okay. Can and I you can it? accept that, and you will still be considered a Good Samaritan because you did not request oh, the reimbursement. okay.
1: Interesting.
3: So that's how, that I thought was actually a really interesting thing to find out as well. And, huh.
1: and, you know. Wow. Little things you just don't know. I know. I mean, you know, I could see somebody saying, what are you going to give me? Mm-hmm.
2: I can see that, yeah, too.
1: absolutely. So,
2: for sure. And as much as I have flown, I have never Knock on wood. Now, it happens every place else. Pierce used yep. to laugh because if I was somewhere somebody fell out and I had to work. Mm-hmm. I am standing in <laughs> New Jersey. Tracy and I are walking down the boardwalk and we see a wedding out on the beach and a lot of people are sitting there watching the wedding and all of a sudden I feel something behind me and this old man. Fell out and his he Straight down. I broke his fall. Oh, my Lord. butt did anyway because he <laughs> fell on my back back. Side. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> but things like that happen to me all the time. But it's never happened on an huh. airplane. Interesting. Yeah, watch it happen on the
1: way. I was going to say you, you're going to get it on the way, over, aren't I know. you? No, no. Okay. But
2: you know, whatever knowledge you have is definitely more than. Somebody sitting me. there. What, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Well, whenever yeah. we dog sledded <laughs> in Alaska many years ago, and we left, we, we flew into Nome, where the ride starts, right? Mm-hmm. And we were still taking a little plane, an hour and a half more north. There were right. we were there. There were three villages more remote from the North Pole <laughs> than. Uh, than where we were at but the point of the story is all these people will have surgery and they have to take a plane to go back to their remote village Mm -hmm. so the uh, the ambulance comes on to the runway and they bring all these patients in wheelchairs on oxygen everything and load them on the plane and we have to go down into uh, land in their village and so there were eight crnas with me and you could just see the fear on right. this, the, the flight attendant's faces. And so we told them, we're all healthcare professionals if you need us. But everybody did okay. And they said they transport these people <coughs> every day. They may have wow. just had mm. surgery yesterday and they've got to they've take them back them to out. their vi- yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you know, That's healthcare's healthcare. there. Get them
3: out. Yeah. 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 Well, and recently I actually had the opportunity to go back to Europe this spring and my sister in law. I did. saw that and you did not <laughs> let me know next year Sharon next year um and so my sister-in-law was going to be it was her airline I was flying and I let her know and she actually wasn't going to be on the flight but she's like are you okay if I tell my friends that you're going to be on that plane (laughs) she's like because we get really sure like excited and it calms us all down to know that there's somebody who can help in these situations and I was like absolutely so they they might have brought me a little extra wine (laughs) yeah yeah well you know in
2: the 80s Whenever DRGs first came out, nurses started leaving in droves. A lot of them went to the airlines to become flight attendants because the airlines recruited them because they were nurses. Mm
3: -hmm. So
2: at one point, there were nurses on almost every single
3: flight who were the
2: flight attendants.
3: But. Mm -hmm. In the research I did, they actually said that about 70% of flights have some form of advanced medical provider on mm-hmm. there, whether it's a physician, a nurse, EMT, something along those lines. Okay. wow. Um, but in those 25% that there aren't, and if there's a medical emergency, it's up to that flight crew. And they're sure. trained in basic first aid, and that's where that ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they really do rely on either the ground-based medical support or a volunteer in the air.
0: Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855 855- Three zero four thirty seven forty eight. 304 3748 That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com.
1: Well, Aaron, as we conclude, anything you want to conclude on and get across to our listeners?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, we've we seen a couple other CRNAs who have had this experience. There was a write-up about um, Rachel Zhao from Oregon in mm-hmm. the journal and her helping <coughs> out in one of these medical emergencies and how important it is. You know, for us as CRNAs to stand up and you know help the public. Yeah. Um, and then also, it's a great way for people to know who we are, because yeah. you know, the first thing you're going to say is, oh, I'm a nurse an anesthetist, nurse anesthesiologist, CRNA. You're going to identify yourself and people are going to start listening and we're there and with our skills and our knowledge that we are the people to really help out in those situations. So please don't be shy if you're on a plane and hear somebody call uh, for a medical emergency. Stand up and help. Yeah. A CRNA. Job.
1: Yeah. yeah, there are some. Or, yeah. Did I you have, have your sure. pen on? By
3: the way? I have my pen.
1: No, did you Oh, have did it?
3: I? I didn't. I actually see that chairman always flies with hers, and I'm like, i got to start putting uh, that pen on when I get well, on a plane. I
2: go yeah. everywhere with my pen. That's where pen. I hear
1: it from her. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I
2: go everywhere with yeah. my pen.
3: Everywhere. I got to take it out of my conference bag and put it in my everyday bag. (laughs) A
2: hundred years ago, we at North Carolina, we were meeting with the anesthesiologist trying to come up with a definition of anesthesia for North Carolina. And one of the anesthesiologists was quite the ladies' man. And he leans over to me. We're having dinner after, uh, whenever we were going to be having our discussions. And he says, Will you take that GD pen off? <laughs> and I said, Let me tell you something, honey. This pen only comes off when my underwear comes off. And let's make darn sure that you understand you're not getting either of them off. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is what- I love this woman. <laughs> She has that nice oh. southern accent So she can get away with she can saying get those away things with that. Yeah. Us northerners yeah. they just like. I call y'all a smart ass well, yeah. <laughs> That's right That's and right. I say, yes I
2: am right. I can tell you how to get to hell and you'll enjoy the trip That's right, right. And it'll be real slow
1: <laughs> <laughs> And on that note uh <laughs> um, Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. Aaron, thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. Always a pleasure to see you, and you always have wonderful information. So,
3: Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Mm. It's about time we got you on here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sharon, close us up. I keep be trying to get you to man. close. Be the man, will keep you? To
2: get just be the man. Take charge.
1: Oh, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley
2: and Sharon Pierce.
1: They like our show, Sharon. How can they help us grow?
2: Well, the best way to help us to grow is to leave us a review, but make it.
1: I thought you were going to say in the oxygenated cabins. <laughs> and, <you> know- <laughs> That's way too much information oh, okay. for right. you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> leave us a review because.
2: We want to make it positive.
1: That's right. Because why? Because we want to live in a better world. <laughs>
2: Somebody gave him tea. Because <laughs> there's enough negativity in the world.
1: That's right. There definitely is. And we're number one in the CRNA community in terms of podcasting and in the top 50 in the medical space in this country on our way to. Number one. We want to be number one. We can't do it without our listeners. I'm
2: okay with 10. I always wanted to be a 10.
1: <laughs> That's true. I heard this morning you were a five. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Until next
2: time. It's a wrap.
0: Attention all certified nurse anesthetists. Are you in need of a reliable and quality continuing education option? Well, look no further than crnaeducation.com. We are an NBCRNA-recognized provider, offering all four core CPC modules to meet your certification requirements. You can choose from more than 100 AANA prior-approved Class A CE credits, with 43 articles covering a wide range of anesthesia topics. Need Pharmacology CE Credits? Well, we've got you covered there as well, with over 40 Pharmacology CE Credits available. All credits are completed online and are mobile-friendly. Choose articles worth one, two, or three credits. There's no subscriptions, no hidden fees, just the CE Credits you need when you need them. Owned by CRNAs since 2011, you can trust in our commitment to your education. And customer service is always a quick email or phone call or even text away. To sign up and find out more about our education options, visit CRNAeducation.com, your partner in continuing education. That's CRNAeducation.com.